you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. The Around the NFL Podcast. Didn't come here to make friends. Welcome back to another edition of the Around the NFL Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I am joined by a room filled with some heroes. Mark Sessler and Greg Rosenthal. What's up, boys? What is happening? What is happening indeed? Very concerned now about speaking right into the microphone because there were some reports coming out of from listeners from the yes. last show that you know some of us were a little low at times. So have the mouth right on the microphone for the entire duration of the well, show. It, it's almost like my supposed heel turn, which people seem to it, surprisingly enjoy it uh, for the most when part. When you put on, on the Twitter. black hat out of nowhere, yeah, you know, I, I had you enjoy it. I hadn't eaten. Uh, yeah, one guy, one Raiders fan said he used to never like me, but now because of that, he likes me now that I'm You're evil. Like, uh, but it's almost like, you know, maybe I had a point if the if the sound was quiet. There okay. you go. Well, somehow this comes around to Greg being correct <laughs> yeah, in some it, sort Greg. of a debate. Congratulations. You're kind of like Ed Harris in Westworld now. I don't know if you follow that HBO. No, I try not to. It makes series. sense to me. Uh, but a little Harris-esque. Yes, this is the uh, Thursday edition of the Around the NFL podcast, sponsored, of course, and always, I buy Mr. Flame's economics class in The Hague, the Netherlands. Mr. F. And Mark, I do have to say, I, I forgot to do the sponsor read again. And you are much closer to Mr. F than perhaps anyone in this world besides mm. his wife. How about you? You should almost, have maybe been the one to say, hey, guys, are, before we go on. It's a fair point because, you know, considering all the kind things that he's done for us as a sponsor, you'd think that during Super Bowl week, this is sort of, of what he weeks. would have wanted a little bit more mention. So that falls directly on my shoulders. Uh, also, I will say, Mark, this is the first time I've seen you since the last <laughs> podcast. How's your Super Bowl week going? Oh, it's just been absolutely <laughs> pleasant. You know, I just I, what I, you'd I imagine. Said, Mark, periodic text like, hey, man, you got to come out, uh, you know, get out of the hotel room. And you're like, no, can't do it. I'm just, I'm, I'm a soldier. Well, here's the thing. When I get through, there's a, the Patriots were kind enough, and most reporters can uh, get behind this, no doubt. You know, a lot the, the Falcons have their media availability in the early in the morning, so you can get your reporting done, your writing done, and by 1, 2 o'clock in the afternoon, 
you know, your day starts up. The Patriots are doing it at four to five fifteen. Right, you're going to go to that after we. Regrettably, that is true. I will be there, and then I have another, you know, round of work to do. So, but I hope to see you tonight because the big chunk of the work is hopefully over. That's at this good. Point. That's good, and uh, hope to see Wes a little later tonight. Uh, get him out. You know, we got to get the foursome out before the end of Super Bowl week. Yeah, have that has that not happened? That's crazy. I don't think it's happened. No, that's yet. a good well, no, point. It happened that's briefly. We had it happened very briefly on I believe was it Monday oh, that's, night. That's it's right. True. As Mark um at the bar played Enya and other in some eighties <laughs> new wave songs. No Enya. While ex- Dan read aloud one of the great um writings of our time. Yeah. Uh <laughs> well, I can't say who it was, but we let's just say we found the <laughs> blog posting of a sports personality from several years ago. And we did like a fire Joe Morgan esque reading of it with commentary and Mark serving as the soundtrack. <laughs> Fun times with a couple of beers in you. But uh, we have some serious things to talk about. Uh, one serious thing to talk about. And my goodness, it's a big one. Super Bowl 51. And this will act as our official preview show of the game a game uh, between, of course, the New England Patriots and Atlanta Falcons, the last Patriots Super Bowl with Tom Brady. Uh, so, Mark, Greg, I know this one's special to you uh, because this is the end of the road. Well, I uh, I remember thinking that back in 2012 uh, when they lost that 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 was the end of the road. Since then, they, I believe they've made five AFC Championship games. This is two Super Bowls, so you never know. This guy, this guy Tom Brady. I don't know if you heard. Mm. He's beaten back father time. Are people it's talking a, about it's a, that? It's a storyline. He's kind of ageless. How about Billy B, too? I, I remember Belichick. that after the Patriots beat the Seahawks, Greg, right after it happened, <laughs> and then and he, you were actually you were trying to be reasonable. You thought anything from this point on is just it's a cherry mm. on top, icing on the cake. Well, give me a break. The cake just gets bigger and bigger. Well, There's I, more and more icing. It's a icing. gluttonous cake. Yeah. I do feel that way, that this loss, if it happened, would be easier to take than uh, the other two that happened because of what happened against Seattle, that they did get that one extra one. Now, this would be something, it would be special. It would give Brady and Belichick more Super Bowls than anyone. It, it would almost end those sort of greatest ever debates. I mean, it's, it's still... pretty much over. It's, it's still... If they si- win. It's very significant and would be <laughs> sweet. But yeah, if they lost, I don't think it would be quite as bad. Yeah, this is the last one, though. Why you? Why do you know Dan, that? that? You is, don't know that. You're, you've it's, not it's, had good luck with this narrative. <laughs> I kind of, I kind of believe that. I, I believe that last time too, because this is all. None of this has ever happened. We've never, we've never seen a, a team have a dynasty. Damashek likes to point out it's not really a dynasty. It's two guys. The two guys are the dynasty. Yeah, they've had two totally separate eras of championship level play. And it's funny we've been talking about. Tom Brady and waiting for him, or uh, me specifically, waiting for him to get old and go away and leave me alone and go raise his kids. You got kids, Tom, uh, from a previous relationship and with your what? beautiful wife, Giselle. I'm not judging him on that. I'm just stating the facts. How about now that you are, I'm getting a little off topic here, but now that you are heading towards age 40 in August, um, start spending more time with the kids. I mean, I, let's, they, let's think about priorities. Hand it over bit. to Jimmy Garoppolo. Forget trading him well, to the Browns. I think he'll actually probably just hand it over to one of his three sons directly. <laughs> That's what will happen. When, when they won their first Super Bowl, Belichick and Brady, I was 27. I did not ever think back on that night, and I was rooting for them hard to beat the Rams because they were a great story, that at age 43, oh my we'd gosh. still be looking at a Belichick-Brady combination that, to me, I could see them winning two more still. It's crazy. We, 
I was in I was living in Boston attending Northeastern University the night that the Patriots started their dynasty by beating the Rams uh and <laughs> little did you know and we all it was such a fun experience because the Patriots were given very little chance of winning that game and they were like the the big underdog the plucky team to to imagine from that what they grew into <laughs> this this real this monster. Wait, so you you essentially rooted for the Patriots that night? That is well, maybe responsible well, no. for what's happened. Remember since. who the this Rams is were? Where you're right. getting? I didn't it's, even answer. It has but, a lot okay. to do with who the Rams were. They were this yeah. unbeatable force of going for their second Super Bowl, and the Patriots had come from nowhere a, with a quarterback none of us had heard of. It was a tremendous Super Bowl party at a college <laughs> town. That's all. So I enjoyed that, uh, but it wasn't like I was so happy. Uh, that the Patriots had won that day, but I they did they were like the Jets. They were the Patriots, exactly. were mm. a little better franchise than the Jets at that point. Uh, Not so, even, yeah. So seeing them uh, beat the mighty greatest show on turf was something, and look what they've become. Well, that's well, one reason why I've always felt a little you know closer to Dan than you would expect. Is he's got just a little bit of mass hole in him from his time in Boston <laughs> as a college student. That that is another incorrect generalization by Greg. He's on fire. Uh, all right, so let's. This let's studio get into does it. something to Greg. It does. <laughs> That's what I've noticed. I think it's the mic, because you he was actually giving you crap about the NPR. Look thing, what the mic does to Greg. But the mic turns people into maybe what they what they've always wanted to be. Because when mm. we wear the headsets in our studio, you know it's a little more Clark Kent. But then you put this big, you know, I don't know, three thousand dollar microphone or whatever it is in front of people, and sometimes their true nature comes out. I just I like hadn't slept or eaten last time. This time I feel great. Okay. Well, none of us relaxed. have slept or eaten, so that's let's wipe those away. Uh, all right. So, we are ready to roll. Can I throw in one shameless plug before we get going? Please. Uh, I was a guest on the John Gabris, a friend of mine, uh, actor, comedian, on the John Gabris High and Mighty podcast. Uh, you could check that out uh, if you go to my Twitter feed or John Gabris's. Uh, Twitter feed. We talked about the Super Bowl and everything connected to the Super Bowl and uh, memories of the Super Bowl and also uh, St- Sylvester Stallone films. So, mm, wow. Yeah, which you wouldn't expect, but they dovetail nicely. So, check that out. Uh, and with that, Sid is in California, but still here with us in spirit. Let's do some news. My favorite side dish is stuffing, and let me tell you why. It means so much. It's its own little party in your mouth. Oh, Pat McAfee. You cad. We're leading the news with Pat, Patty Mac? No. Oh, of course okay. not. Okay. I mean, he probably thinks we should, but that's not... <laughs> oh, he thinks we should. That is not where we are leading the news. The news that we're going to lead with, gentlemen, uh, surrounds and centers on... Uh, where do we want to start, actually? Where should we start? Why don't we start with Roger Goodell's press conference? Yeah, we'll do a little bit of that, and we'll get to the game. Yeah, we'll get to, we'll we'll get get to some the, other news. Uh, we'll get to the then, hidden figures. And then, what? oh, we're going to do, yeah, a big segment a little later. Hidden figures in Super Bowl 51. <laughs> See, the, the important thing when doing a podcast <laughs> is to tie in different elements of pop culture, like right. Super Bowl and Sly Stallone films. Sure. Mm. Uh, we are tying together uh, a hot uh, Oscar film Hidden figures. Well, famously, or maybe not so famously, you know, NASA, Houston, the home of NASA. So it all, it all ties in. Yeah. Where yeah. we are. Little, what is, how about this little hidden meaning? So we'll do that. <laughs> we will make our game predictions. 
and, and then and then we will go away. But let's start with the news, <laughs> and let's start uh, with yes, Roger Goodell's Goodell's press conference, uh, which touched on a number of issues. Greg Rosenthal, uh, uh, but the one that you, got you all geeked up <laughs> in the Super Bowl Media Center uh, conference area where we've been working uh, was Goodell strongly indicating that we will be seeing some shorter games uh, in 2017 and beyond. Yeah, and I know maybe that's not the screaming headline, but a lot of it's just, you know, he look, he's trying to volley tough questions away, and it's almost like politics. This was actual news. This was stuff that was going to change our lives in some way. He made it sound like they are either going to kill uh, one commercial break per half, knock it down from five to four, or maybe they're going to put a play clock and kill the commercial between the extra point and the kickoff. I've heard some rumblings. Maybe they they could even get rid of the two minute um, warning entirely. That is wild. As if that happens, that to get would rid be of a, a break, kind of because you know when they made the two minute warning, it was literally to give players a break. It was another time, another era. There's there's really no point in the two minute warning. Totally, I think that that was part of it. So it really sounded like that's a stress that they want to reduce the games by five to seven minutes, take out some of these commercial breaks. And I think that's something uh, we can all look forward to. I mean, the, the two minute warning thing, because teams often use it as a fourth timeout. Sure. So that is not just about time. It's about strategy too. Very interesting. Uh, Goodell also, as the media's want to do, asked him about deflate gate, uh, which is kind of coming full circle now with the Patriots. Five of 29 questions from, uh, the Boston area. Yeah, makes sense. Uh, asking about his his feeling about the Patriots being involved and the the possibility of the Lombardi Trophy being handed to Tom Brady uh, on the uh, on, in the same season he was suspended for cheating in the eyes of the NFL. And here's what Rog had to say: We're moving on from that. That's uh, that's part of our history, but it's it's something that uh, we're comfortable with the process, the decision, and as I say, we're focusing on the game now. Which is all good, Mark, for, for Rog to say, because now it's gotten to the point where the NFL doesn't want anything to do uh, <laughs> with Deflategate uh, now that the punishment's been doled out and now it's still on their grid because the team involved is in the Super Bowl. But this doesn't really get settled. The Patriots might have the final word on it come Sunday. Well, it feels to me the same way that someone uh, would talk about a breakup. And the person that you dumped or that you were dumped by is going to have a different take. And the Patriots steam, you know, they're still, the Rogers, like, time to move on. Sure, invite me over <laughs> to your home. We can still see other people. We can go have a, you know, maybe even go on a double date at some point. Uh, and the Patriots want nothing to do with Roger Goodell, from what, at least Patriots fans want yeah, nothing to do with that Roger That was one Goodell. of the things that, that really struck me being at the game is just how fired up the fans still are about this. I think living elsewhere, it's kind of like, this is old news by right. now, but it's still so much in their mind to win one title in the season that Brady was suspended. And you can't really write it any better. Robert Kraft did say on Wednesday, though, you know, they would welcome Goodell back, especially, you know, they would love it, obviously, if he was there for the first game of the season, because that means they will have won the title. So that is a uh, olive branch. I think, you know, they're they're making up. And by the way, this is going to be a little spoiler alert here. Is, uh, we've been here all week. This is going to be a Patriots crowd on Sunday because, and I'm sure there will be really? a lot of Falcons fans will will come in this weekend. That's when the the bulk of people come in. But I've seen very very few Falcons fans uh, walking the streets mm. of Houston this week, and I, I have seen many many Patriots fans, uh, which 
I guess surprised me a little bit because you would think the Pats fans at this point wouldn't be racing to go back to the Super Bowl because there have been so many. But it, to me, at least so far, it seems like we're heading towards a pro-Patriots crowd on Sunday. I, I think it seems inevitable because even if you go to, you hear what's happened at both media sessions, that the Falcons media session has been pretty barren of reporters and coverage. And if you're a Patriots fan, we just talked about it, it's been 16 plus years of good times, that if you had a child back then, you now have a 15-year-old <laughs> that's grown up a Patriots fan. So there's no saying, hey, we've had enough of this for the 15-year-old. It is people, families, if, they're go, if they know that the Super Bowl is a possibility, they've gotten used to structuring their budgets to potentially go to the Super Bowl every year. It's there. If you're a Falcons fan, I've talked to a couple Falcons indeed. fans on the drive here. And their one thought was, we're shocked this happened. None of them saw this coming before the season. Well, you season. better get over to Houston. It's not well, too far I'm away. I'm not saying it's, it's a long it, drive. You know but it's time to process It's like it. a very it's similar... It. But it's not, an, it's not an annual ritual the way it is for you know people in New England. No, I was caught flat-footed. You, you guys mentioned your memories of that first Patriots Super Bowl. I've regretted ever since not going there. It was, in, it was in New Orleans, and I had friends that went there for less than ticket price that year. You couldn't scalp tickets to that game because no one wanted to travel after what 2001. What a total humiliation for you. It, it was, but I was kind of caught flat-footed because you, you weren't expecting the Patriots to ever make it. But show up on, on Sunday. This would be the greatest moment in Atlanta sports history. What, they get I don't the need a Braves. Now, I don't, don't, don't throw the Braves title at me. We'll get to that a little bit later because I have some research nuggets I wanted to share. Um couple more notes from that press conference. Uh, Goodell uh, ducked any and all Donald Trump questions, uh, saying that his focus is singularly on uh, the Super Bowl on Sunday. And finally, the Raiders and Patriots uh, will play in Mexico next season, a game where the Raiders will be the home team. That I found that interesting uh, because, and we love our, our, lind- our listeners overseas, our, our listeners in the UK and London specifically, uh, they've gotten... It's cool that the NFL goes there every year, and there's plenty, plenty of games. Hmm. But they very rarely get a good game uh, between two real uh, powerhouses. And Mexico is getting one of the AFC matchups of the season next year. Yeah, I mean, you could say this is, you know, to some people, this is the AFC championship we never got. It, it sure is. That's a great point, Mark. <laughs> I'm still angry about Derek Carr. And even though, and by the way, well, Derek Carr, uh, I an indefinite... Uh, uh, halting of my vengeance declaration. Uh, really? I, want, I just want, I did it uh, when I declared the possibility of vengeance, uh, and then he, he helps locate that lost child. I initially set it at <laughs> two weeks uh, for him to unblock me, uh, but now I want to just wait till the smoke clears on the season. Uh, I'm sure he's still getting his head right after surgery and the disappointment of the playoffs. Uh, I'm in the middle of things. I got two young kids at home. Yes, it wow. certainly is. A You're lot really to do meeting with, in yeah. the middle of yeah. this imaginary so, war. <laughs> let's let's let bygones be bygones, and uh, I will extend this indefinitely. Wow, what a <laughs> My what a generous soul. I think there's a, a little bit of like a Twitter technicality going on too, because I don't block a lot of people, but. I think once you do, they're kind of out of your life. How often do you go into your blocks and say, who do I want to bring back? You might be in, you're sort of in another world. I'm not sure he's even going to know that you're blocked. Uh, no, he does because I've, he does. there have been hundreds of people that have tweeted <laughs> well, at him yeah. on my behalf. And again, we love the listeners. Shout out to the listeners. Uh, other news, uh, Larry Fitzgerald will return to the Arizona Cardinals in 2017. Uh, this, um, 
coming after Fitzgerald, you know, after some time figuring out if his, his body could handle the grind. He says he's back to normal physically now. Uh, he said some things that were killing me late in the year are feeling back to normal for me. That's a relief. Also, my fire and desire to win and compete versus the best still burns, he told Rap Sheet. Uh, this is coming off a year, 107 catches, just over hundred, just over 1,000 yards, which I did not realize till today. Uh, he's not the, the game changer in terms of uh, big plays anymore, but he is probably the best chain mover of a receiver in the league or near the top of the list. Well, that often struggled, and he was someone, I think if you watch those games, his impact was so much greater than, than the yardage total. You're right. It's surprising to me that was the, the end total, but he was so valuable. And I think it's a good sign for Cardinals fans that Carson Palmer is going to come back. You don't know. There's been varying reports about whether Carson Palmer's house is for sale. He denied that. Hmm. Cardinals fans that want to see what's behind quarterback door number two, I think, are being foolish. I think they could. I think with, if everything broke right, you could win a title with Carson Palmer. Who knows what would happen with Tony Romo or whoever else they could get? I agree with that. And also, I would imagine that Fitzgerald and Carson Palmer and all those guys—they're texting behind the scenes. They know what's going to happen with next season. And if one of them said, I'm all in, and the other said, probably the other one said the same thing. I, I think Carp, you're going to get Carson Palmer again. Bruce Arians, wonder, people wondering if he could do it again. He's going to come back. Fitzgerald, one more year for this Cardinals offense. Speaking of behind the scene, scenes and the throne of ease and Larry Fitzgerald, um, Mark Wahlberg is taking part in a, um, a pro-am in Arizona this week. Of course and he is. he said, when the Patriots beat the Falcons, not if, in Super Bowl 51, how's that for a jinx, Greg? Uh, it will be the time for him to uh, launch a plan to recruit Larry Fitzgerald to the Patriots this offseason. Here's what Mark Wahlberg had to say. By the way, Mark wow. Wahlberg, who also once this said is... that he could have stopped 9-11 if he was just on the plane. Well, I'm playing with him next week. Uh, we played last year in the AT&T, so I'm playing with him again this year. And apologize to the people of Arizona, but I'll try to recruit him for, for the Patriots for one year. He'll get a ring and, and retire a champion. Um, Can you throw it to him? I mean, Mark, come back to us. Enough of this Wahlberg <laughs> stuff, Greg. Yeah, it must be nice to have people laughing at jokes in quotes like that you know just like <laughs> laugh men well, right next to you i mean he's on point because the, there were rumors for years that bill belichick and the patriots were going to try to trade for fitzgerald at one point he is not on point with the 9-11 thing you're going to be on what you stop one plane there were multiple planes involved <laughs> by, by the way, I, I mean, by the way so wahlberg's just me, going so from one from one golf pro-am to the other like that's a good what's, life. What's going on? And how much of the, the Arizona state industry is made from golf pro-ams? I feel well, like quite that's, a bit. that's all that happens in Arizona. It's also fitting <laughs> that the name of the pro-am that Mark Wahlberg is taking part, at, part in is the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Just leave it <laughs> if that there. doesn't get you excited and get you right down to the golf course of what will, uh, Dan. In other news, Pat McAfee, who you heard uh, with a great inspired bit at the top of news, uh, today, he is deciding to retire from the NFL after eight seasons. Uh, he made the announcement uh, on Comedy Central late last night um, on the Barstool Rundown program. Um, he had a, a mock press conference where he announced that he was leaving the NFL at age 29 and joining the staff at Barstool Sports. Uh, Mark, I'll ask you this. Uh, Pat McAfee, uh, very funny for a professional athlete, 
Do you think he can make the transition now, putting pushing all his chips to the middle of the table, just being funny? Well, I think it's going to find out. Is he out. funny funny or athlete funny? I think he's athlete funny. Uh, we, we, we know he's athlete funny. I don't. Well, from the I don't. Bit? I don't particularly find him to be funny. He's not. He's not. He's not like him and Dana Carvey are like hanging out together. But I will say this: <laughs> Carvey riff. You're, a big, you're a big. Car- love, you're on a huge Carvey. I love kick Dana lately. Carvey, but I'll say this about surprising Carvey riff lately from you. I listen. You're up late at night. I watch a little Dana Carvey stuff. He can't. He's a new Netflix special. Pat McAfee's got yeah. a new comedy special. Well, let's let's hold on. Hold off on that. Here's here. My first thought when I saw this was. I've, I've not been a pro athlete. I have been a sports journalist mm. that about four or five months into this gig, he's going to realize, wait a minute, this isn't nearly what I thought it would be. He will be punting by by Halloween. He will be Halloween. Punting. He will be punting again by Halloween. That is what I wanted to tweet last night, but I know he's a little aggro on Twitter. Yeah. So I just, I said, you know what? Have your day, have your little thing, <laughs> but he will be punting by Halloween. Do you want to put a sandwich on that? I'll put sandwiches on it. Sure. Okay. Oh, I would t- I would take that. Although he's I, 29. I'm with you. I w- if you said by 2000, you know, 18, I'd, I'd probably I wouldn't take the sandwich by 2019 for sure. He's back because punting. I mean, that's the thing. You really could take two or three years off for comedy. Get your get your feet wet and then go back in and punt another six years. All right. I mean, I mean this could also be a giant. Good bit, luck to him. But- you know? I mean, the Colts tweeted out that he's retired, yeah. so it's not completely a it bit. It doesn't but seem like a bit. It's not I'm, a bit, but it may right. be an extended bit. Well, maybe I'll maybe I'll give him a call because I I have experience, you know, hosting a podcast with a professional comedian. You do. What I, podcast was that? RJVP. And uh, uh, I don't rec- I don't that doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> is but that okay. coming back? No, the NFL uh, did not allow that to come back a few weeks ago. I, I did not have a hand in that, despite people <laughs> thinking it was possible. <laughs> Do you think not. he'll be back, Dan, or do you find do you buy this entirely? Jeselnik? Uh, well, okay, doubtful, let's start with Jeselnik. You know, we should I, get him on the Around the NFL podcast. We'd love to have him on, on our show. Uh, will Pat be back? No. I think he's very serious about this. Okay. And uh, good luck to you, buddy. All right. Finally, <laughs> finally in the news, um, Lady Gaga had a press conference. And, uh, you know. I'm excited about it. I got to say, I was at the press conference. That's part of my job here. And uh, and one of the most underrated aspects of the halftime performer, and I actually, I like Coldplay, but the, you don't, you need to have the, the, the charisma factor uh, hmm. to carry a show like that. And yeah. uh, it was obviously telling to me that last year, uh, Coldplay, they decided to have them flanked by Bruno Mars and Beyonce, who's like the charisma um, perfection machine, but uh, Gaga really does have that like that energy when she's in the room. And I thought it was a, a good press conference. Terry Bradshaw showed up. He is really perfected, by the way. Uh, the the buzzed uncle shtick. Like I don't like he. <laughs> I, I think it's taken it, him. Fu- it's taken him a long way. And I think he's always been folksy. That's part of the Terry thing. But now it's kind of like you know hit the eggnog a little bit. And he start. He's telling Gaga that you know how much he his favorite Gaga song ever is "Edge of Glory," which is kind of a lesser known single. And was asking for like set list hints, and then asked if Gaga's grandmother was single. Uh, and then Gaga uncomfortably <laughs> answered, "Well, she's widowed, and I don't think she's ready to date again." <laughs> the Good whole answer. thing. Uh, and and but, Terry Bradshaw mentioned he's married too, so that that's odd. He did. Yeah, he's married as well. But uh, yeah, I thought you know being there in person, it, it made me. I'm excited for the show. I I always enjoy the halftime show, uh, the spectacle of it, and I think it'll be good. 
I think it'll be good. Was there, did you have any takeaways, Greg? I know you were in the newsroom area watching it uh, as you were jotting down notes about God. <laughs> well, that's not true. But I did have one thought. It was more about Luke Bryan, uh, an artist I'm not overly familiar with, and a trend at these press conferences. And Gaga had, had the same trend. trend. It's a tradition. Every time they're asked about who they're rooting for, they like they hem and haw as if they're protecting some sort of state secret because they, they say they don't want to like offend any... Right. Uh, section of their fan base it's like all right oh, get over yourself don't buddy. underestimate the egos either they don't want to affect the game greg <laughs> right i mean they luke bryan was like you know I, first of all he hemmed and hawed and he said well i do have to admit usually i wouldn't say this but you know i i did grow up in georgia you know i feel bad for all my all my fans i've sold out gillette stadium a couple times i was well, like what are you know, Luke, come back to us, part of it is you don't want to go out to there and be it. announced and have half the stadium or heard but that's that not gonna happen it probably won't come I, back I, to us luke Bryan. you were you were raised in georgia went to college in georgia it'd be insane Just not be, yeah. and then they asked gaga and she's like oh i'm not gonna go that far how about this i'll put the team i'm rooting for in my shoe and after my performance i'll share it what it's no, not no, that, no one cares. I'm not going to announce who I'm rooting for in this game or my pick either during this podcast. What? Yeah, I mean, I, I like I liked what she's done, and I'm going to keep my pick a secret up until the end and pull it out of my shoe Ooh, for I you like two that. to see. Well, it's I, not, I, this it's is not first... too late. We shared a nice moment at the Super Bowl uh, 49 mark, and, and we could that could happen again yeah, for you. Yeah, I don't you. feel quite oh. as fired up for the Patriots this time. I mean, Sorry, because mainly because they have me the go into podcast. press conferences at 4 p.m., but they kind of poison the well. This is many times, Coldplay, I like many of the halftime shows. I kind of just said, give me a break, and I'm not into it. This one, I like Lady Gaga, like her a lot. I'm going to stand up and watch this thing from wire to wire. Good for you, Mark. All right. Excited. Um, that's what's happening in the news. Uh, I wanted to share a couple nuggets from the NFL research team. They do such a good job. I, uh, I wrote a post on this on the end around blog, which you should check out. Um, some of my favorite nuggets since, uh, the Super Bowl was set from the media team. I'm going to share some of them with you now before we get to hidden figures. (laughs) (laughs) Is that it? Yeah. Okay, I almost messed it up. Uh, and and Sydney, what I'm going to need your help with on this is uh, I would love to hold up the Super Bowl 51 research notes in my hand. In fact, I'm doing it right now, even though you can't see me, Sid. Uh, and then I wanted you to play the final countdown by Europe, uh, but we're not allowed to play anything under the strict laws of the shadowy league figures. So if you can find generic catalog music that sounds like the final countdown by Europe, do it now! Okay, with that, some nuggets I like. <laughs> Greg, to your point about the uh, the city of Atlanta, they have one championship in 179 seasons from their major professional sports teams. Can you name the championship? Well, yeah, easily. I just I just said the Braves. What year? They I will tell you the year. Okay. It was 95. That's I think correct. he's right. Yeah. And they correct. beat the Cleveland Indians of all yeah. teams. They I think did. I would have gotten it. I, I would have gotten in it. 6 games. Uh that was the strike short 95 season. Otherwise, nobody that we're talking uh the Hawks. We're talking uh the Thrashers, short-lived NHL team. We're talking the WNBA's Atlanta Dream. Oh, too much. Hmm. Shut out. Well, from I, you're always you're always risking it if you don't have a a nickname with an S on the end. It's a risk. It's a risk. Anyway, a more idea. 
uh, more nugs. The magic. Um, uh, in this final countdown toward Super Bowl 51, each of New England's six Super Bowls in the Brady Belichick era decided by four points or fewer. That's pretty crazy. That is. And All it, of them. You would think that they would have wiped someone out in one of well, those games. Well, the, the Eagles one is misleading, Where yeah. whereas it, it wasn't the worst game of all time. They essentially had control of it. It was never truly in doubt. But yeah, the other five all came down to one play. It's wild. And if you even go back to Belichick as a defensive coordinator, you know, the game he made his reputation on, you know, took a missed kick by Scott Norwood. It's like his whole career, he could have he could have eight or nine Super Bowls or he could have one. Yeah, that's sports. Uh, with a win in Super Bowl 51, the Falcons defense would become the worst scoring defense. They've allowed 25.4 points per game uh, this season to win a Super Bowl. And, mm. But here's the funny thing. Here's the really interesting nugget about this. You want to hear the other uh, five Super Bowl winners? Or the, the five that have uh, qualified? Yes. Uh, the 2011 Giants, the 2006 Colts, the 2007 Giants, the 2012 Ravens, and the 2009 Saints. What does every team but that Saints team have in common? They beat the Patriots in the AFC mm. title game or the Super Bowl in those seasons. So how about that, Greg? You're a little nervous about that. Well, it was also all in the last nine years because scoring is up. So, Whatever, bro. I'm just saying. It's a decade worth of a sample size. Right no, there, I mean, it. It it's interesting because that, that Saints... Uh, that Saints Colts game reminds me a lot of this one, where it's the two best offenses in the league, and that score wasn't crazy high, but there was almost no stops in that game, and that's exactly how I anticipate this game going: long drives, lots of scoring, and uh, don't give and, it away, Greg. Instead of Tracy Porter, it's Logan Wright. No, I don't know. I'm just making this up. <laughs> Our predictions coming at the end of this show. Everybody on the edge of their seats. Yeah, yeah. What uh, will I pick? My last I nugget, and this again. All due respect to the Patriots uh, in terms of how they build a team. Every year in the offseason, they'll sign one guy where everyone universally goes, oh, this guy is going to like kill everybody. It's gonna, he's going to be a perfect signing. Martellus Bennett uh, was one of two of those this offseason, and then you can figure out why they're 16-2 and two right now. They also got Chris always open, Hogan. Uh, but Martellus Bennett is, uh, the, has the highest passer rating when targeted Amongst any tight end in the league, one thirty six point eight. Hmm. You know, we were all doom and gloom uh, about the Patriots after uh, Gronk went out, and we all respected Bennett, but maybe we didn't quite like factor in just hmm. how good Marty Bennett is. He's a big time X factor because he hasn't been the same guy the last section of the season. He's playing hurt. He has not played his best in the playoffs. You know, he had a great regular season overall. To me, he 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 is a huge X factor because if you get his A game, they are almost unstoppable. But he he was kind of a you know as a receiver almost non-existent uh, the last two weeks. Also, a major X factor during what would otherwise be one of the uh, maybe the worst <laughs> hour of you know a team that produces nothing during its its hour long media availability. Bennett over there riffing on the new... You know, like people asked him about his time with the Giants, said, you know, it was my second year of marriage. It's so great to be in your second year of marriage. I was in New York. We went all over the place. <laughs> How much he loves the New York art scene and that the Giants would put... I get the Maras would put little notes in his locker saying, hey, there's an art show downtown on your day off here. Go wow. check it out. So 
Bennett actually, I just sat there by hit by him for like 30 minutes because it's like it's an intriguing human being who actually does have less of a filter than the rest of the roster. Wow. Well, How he, about that? Well, we should, let's well, get into that. Let's get into some availability takeaways, both Greg and Mark. Well, he proves, uh, were he proves you can talk if you're a Patriot. That's I fair. feel like if you're a, a dynamic uh, tight end, you're allowed to talk. <laughs> I, I well, you, if you're a dynamic tight end with the Patriots, a lot of things can happen. Let me just say that uh, beyond yes. just talking. But uh, come on, Greg. Come, yeah, I got come you. with me on the ride into I, darkness. I, I got you. <laughs> okay. Uh, but yeah, he, he does stand in contrast to almost every other Patriot through the years. Well, you might you might be onto something. I think if you prove yourself as a hardworking, tough player who performs at a high level. And I think the one thing Belichick said about Bennett all year is how tough he is, that he's playing through a cracked bone in his ankle, that he practices harder than anyone. I think you have a little more leeway than than people think under Belichick. Yeah, that's fair. What else, Greg, how about you? You were on, you checked out, Mark, you've been covering the Patriots all week. That is right. Uh, Greg, you've kind of jumped back and forth a little bit, right? Yes, I have. So and how about don't steal my fire and talk about the whoa, Falcons? Whoa, whoa, who do you want to, whoa, look, who you want to talk about? Your little well, boy, Jimmy G, get, you know, pass it around him, him, Himalayan salt. Uh, Jimmy G is, you know what? He's got a great personality. Recipes. He's He seemed extremely relaxed. I he To me, I think he's... He's an interesting guy. He he's not Mark a typical dreaming about Jimmy G. Oh yeah, G. no, I not really. When I, I saw the I tweet, everyone who says, "Oh, Jimmy G is so amazingly handsome," like I'm going to be honest, I don't really, I don't get that uh, the way I would with like Tom Brady or someone else. I see it, but I just think that Jimmy G is sort of a bro, and he's sort of like a dude. I don't know. He's, he's he admits he still has so much to learn. But too. but you're over there. You know, I see the I see the tweet you sent out where you're comparing recipes or whatever, and I'm thinking, you know, Mark is getting the intel on potentially the next potential savior, and there's been a few potential saviors and they haven't worked out for the Cleveland Browns. And this one is is realistic. And and if I were you, I'm not just being a homer. He would be the guy that gets me most excited as a possibility this offseason. Yeah, I mean, from another angle, right? when you're mm-hmm. at these things, Absolutely. you want to send out a couple tweets to kind of check a box and show the employer, oh, he was there. <laughs> so <laughs> now, there's You that. know how I read it. You know <laughs> I thought when, it was a good tweet. You know well, when you're uh, in the early stages of courtship with your significant other and you want to show like this nuanced kind of fun side to you? Like Mark doesn't like talking about food, but when Jimmy G was there, all mm-hmm. of a sudden he was way plugged in on the recipe for guacamole. Guacamole. <laughs> well, that was Nate Solder. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Whatever. But in general. Yeah, but you're absolutely right. Well, I think also you're roaming from player like to player. You're looking for Jimmy, to be, to, Jimmy G to be watching you being an intrepid journey. <laughs> You'd be like, hey, I get it. No, you're roaming really from get player it, right, to player. Jimmy? and Because and, they're Football's also, fun. we're creating this uh, reporter's <laughs> notebook each day. And there are like five other people from NFL Network there. And so if I get anything, I say, that's it. That's what I'm writing about. Because it's like you don't, with the Patriots, and it's easy to say, oh, they're all incredibly boring. I would say guys like Nate Solder, incredible impression this week. I mm-hmm. think he's... One of the he's one of the smarter players on the team. I I think to a man you can kind of get a feel for why the Patriots are the way they are, and it's annoying if you're a fan of another team because they are all in. There aren't any players there that don't seem to not basically speak the jargon and the code. Mm. And it isn't like oh they've got to say this and then they go behind closed doors and there's someone completely else. They are a bought in team, and this game to me feels like they're from what I saw that they're just preparing for another game. That there is no heightened. Uh, it's not that it's a Super Bowl or that it's this or that or it could be a week six game. They prepare, I asked some of them. You had an extra week. You haven't. You don't have a lot of familiarity with the Falcons. Does that mean that you, Rob Ninkovich? I asked him about his film watching. Do you 
watch twice as much film? Do you do as much as you possibly can? He said, I do it the same way that I've done it for every opponent all year. Mm -hmm. That's how we're taught. You don't suddenly do something completely different. I think that's a really good sign for Patriots fans that the team just seems completely beeline the way they've been all year. That's what Brian Cox, the the Falcons defensive line coach, said. That was like, if you go out drinking on you know Monday night and you get lit up, he's like, I want you going out drinking and getting lit up on Monday (laughs) night. Don't do anything different. Yes, please. Do do everything the same this week. Uh, I think you're right too on on the Patriots in terms of there's a reason they become. I know this is going to sound like a homer, but there's a reason why the Patriots take them. I mean, Deron Harmon, Logan Ryan, those two guys, they sound like the same guys. They're very smart. They said they wouldn't have been drafted if they couldn't tackle. Like, that's a weird thing that they, they brought them there to tackle. Not many teams are stressing that. And they talked about the specific things that Belichick would tell them in practice to help them uh, on a very fundamental level. And it got me thinking, like, there's not many other head coaches in the league that are able to execute a vision from that top down, that he's going to look for specific traits and players as a general manager, pick them, and then be able to coach them very fundamentally. It doesn't mean he's perfect at it, but he at least gets the guys. And that Thomas Dimitrov said this uh, this week, too. Belichick, if nothing else, always knows what he wants. He knows he wants very specific things and he gets them. Danny boy. You know, congratulations. I'm happy for you. You know who I like? Dwight Freeney. <laughs> I got some Falcons takeaways. Yeah, they were pretty... Can we talk about the Falcons? All right, they were pretty... Podcast. Yeah, that's fair. They yeah. were pretty dry on in contained, too. I think, you know, they, there was a few more guys who I felt like were almost trying to convince themselves on the defensive side that, like, you know, we can't overthink things because Brady, he... You know, they were talking just today, Jalen Collins, you know... Brady's seen everything. It's almost like both defenses know they're not going to stop. There's like Brady's seen everything. He's going to know what defense we're in. We can't like overthink it. We can't do it. And they almost, they felt a little younger on that side of the ball. But one guy that stuck out to me as a great talker and a great story here is Dwight Freeney. I mean, he's, yeah. Talk about legacy guys. He, to me, is a Hall of Famer, no doubt. And he, like Michael Strahan, could kind of make himself a total no-doubt Hall of Famer by going out with a big game in the Super Bowl to win what would be his second Super Bowl. And I thought he was funny this week just talking about, like, haven't I seen Tom Brady enough? You know, I, Preach. I, I've i run into this guy. It's like, again, I've been running into this guy in Belichick for 15 years. They stopped me in the AFC, and it's like, come on, can we just mix it up? And I mean, that, those were the words he used. He literally was just like, enough enough of these guys. I'm with him. I'm with him 100%. All right, that was a good takeaways, guys. Anything else? Not really. <laughs> All right, well then, let's move on. I've been excited about this ever since Greg hatched the name of the segment. Uh, this segment is called Hidden Figures. It's equal rights. I have the right to see fine in Africa. There we go. <laughs> what is that? From the film Hidden Figures. In theaters, Oscar-nominated film set at NASA in Houston, the site of Super Bowl 51. I love this. Connected dots. I mean, what a month, what a year it's been for Janelle Monet. I mean, out of nowhere in two oh, best... Monet with a huge performance. Best Picture nominees. And uh, how about how she looks in uh, Moonlight? Mamma Mia! Va-va-voom! By the way, We're speaking way of being track misogynistic... One more note about the Gaga Sorry. press conference. Everyone loves Janelle. No, she's a beautiful, talented woman. Don't be ashamed, Greg. Yeah. I was not. just joking. But uh, how many years, and I've been covering these press conferences for six years now, anytime there's a female artist, you have to ask if their nipple's going to come out at the game and say, 
uh-oh, you know, Janet, you're going to have a wardrobe malfunction? Wait, they asked that? Every year if it's a female that. artist. The question was absurd. It was, well, as you know, the Patriots, uh, last time they were at the Super Bowl in Houston, uh, there was a wardrobe malfunction. Do you have any concerns? And she <laughs> and <laughs> Gaga uh, had an interesting response, uh, which was this. Are you going to blame that on the Patriots? It's just coincidence. Just curious. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> well, uh, everything is going to be nice and tight for the game. So I wouldn't worry about that, unfortunately. Some of you might have been excited for that. So good answer, but uh, come back to his journos. Just because it's a woman, you don't have to ask if, if uh, the boobs are coming out. That feels a little forced. Well, it is the press conference every year from the one or two that I've been to where suddenly, like, People Magazine and, like, E! and everyone else is popping up. Oh, this is Kevin Frazier's Super Bowl. Exactly. So, I mean, I, I can see where, the, where it's coming from. But I, I did get, I saw a little... Uh, D. Orlando Ledbetter got a question in there too. Yeah, who who would have thought? Our boy from the Atlanta Journal Constitution in the mix. Okay, so now it's time, uh, yes, to talk uh, hidden figures. <laughs> Dan's still warming up to this entire concept. <laughs> Greg, if, if it was Dan's, if it was Dan's bit, I mean, he'd be selling it. There'd be sound effects. Wait, like, wait, clack, did you well, not you hear any sound effects? That's there true. Was, clowns there was. would be coming in and dancing. Yeah, so Hidden Fit Greg, can you explain the segment to uh, both myself and the audience? Well, and Mark. It's just uh, a couple uh, guys maybe under the radar that you think could oh, be a okay. factor. Oh, they're be hidden a... figures. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> what about the space program? Does it tie into NASA and Houston? Their performance will be shooting off into the moon, ah. uh, into the sky. Okay. I don't know. I like that. All right, go ahead. Let's see. Let's hear some. Uh, Mark, you have some hidden figures I as well? I got a couple, yeah. Okay, I'm going to moderate this one. I don't have Wait. any hidden figures. You can throw it out. I'll go second. I'll, you All right, go, maybe we, I'll throw them in go, We'll go punch for punch. No, you that? go first. Go for it. All right, Mark, well, I'm gonna, I'll start with an Atlanta figure. Falcon. And again, I, it's not that I, I think part, hidden figures isn't, I think this isn't a great player that's someone that's going to make a mm-hmm. play in the Super Bowl. Sometimes like these names come out of nowhere. Malcolm Butler. I think maybe Falcon, Falcons cornerback Brian Poole. I, it just, mm. I was looking over their whole roster. And do you want a huge rationale behind it? Well, I yeah, feel definitely. like Brian Poole yeah. is in a nickel or dime package is going to have a massive play in the fourth quarter. <laughs> Book it right now. Wait, so this is more a Sessler. It is a Sessler. So you don't have, you're just basically I have throwing other, darts I, at no, the I have, roster. No, I have others that I you think know, are hidden figures that I think will be that have consistently produced. I all think year Brian Poole's been good this year for them, and that secondary is a trouble spot. I think as a Patriots fan, when I look at Keanu Neal's a rookie, Jalen Collins is basically has the experience of a rookie. Brian Poole, Robert Alford, I think these guys are gonna these guys are in for a long day. And that's the biggest advantage that the Patriots have is that secondary. I don't trust them. They're the ones this week. I, I haven't really quite bought their bravado. But of all those guys, I think Brian Poole, he, he's well, like a hard hitter. He, I like Brian Poole. We'll see. I think it's just that weird names pop up in the Super Bowl and suddenly everyone remembers so this guy's all of a sudden name. The, the Patriots are going to find themselves in the deep end. Oh, yeah. Ooh, I like that. Hello. I'm going to throw out another Falcon. What? Uh, is he... What kind of figure it would you define? Well, him you as? were you were, if you were looking for him, might not be able to find him because he's hidden. Oh, got it. Now I get the say. Go ahead, <laughs> Austin Hooper. Their hoop bomb. Their tight end. Their rookie tight end. Very speedy player. And the reason I point him out here is I don't think 
the opponents in this offseason, I mean, this playoffs especially, have taken advantage of the weakness that the Patriots could have covering big players. That's Patrick Chung, who's a key player for them, and Belichick loves him, and he says he it keeps them out of you know having to change their defense up. But I, I worry about Patrick Chung covering a tight end. I worry about him in coverage. And if it's not Patrick Chung, maybe it's Eric Rowe sometimes taking uh, a big guy uh, like a tight end. And those are two weaknesses where the, the, the Falcons have hurt teams all year with their depth. And I, I don't think the depth in the Patriots secondary is particularly good. And Ryan, like Aaron Rodgers, is good at just finding those weaknesses. And they'll just be going after Chung, going after Rowe. And I think Hooper... Could have a nice game. That's a that's a nice hidden figure. I mean, it doesn't have it. to be too hidden. We don't have to go. You know, it doesn't have to be like bottom of the roster. All right, Mark, anything. give me another hidden figure. I'm going to give you one that e- even if he has a great game, <laughs> yeah. he'll be hidden because it's a position that's just hidden in general. But it's so important to what the Falcons do on offense, and it's Alex Mack, the center. Mm. And I, I realize that Alex Mack is not an unknown player. He's a pro bowler, but you no, can... he's I, pretty I, unknown what, what, I, on the relative I, scale. What happens is, is that six days later, I think, if the Falcons win this game, that there'll be some think pieces that show Alex Mack did his job. He absolutely dominated the way he has all season, and it kept Matt Ryan upright. Wow. And if they, if you, if you suddenly that doesn't happen, their line has been, their line was such a mess for years. The, the minute Alex Mack came in, everything started to fall into place. And I think he is a, he is he was an absolute, I know Cleveland was never successful, but he was an unbelievable player for Cleveland, surrounded by you very little talent. talked to him talent. this week. He was a very likable, likable guy, likable too. Guy and I think, that, I think that, you know, some of these guys that have come to these teams from terrible places, uh, Alex Mack understands the perspective of how much different that is than this is than any other experience he's had playing pro football. He's going to go out there. I think he's going to be healthy. And I, I, I really think Alex Mack is a key to this game. Well, Nice one. Nice For one. the first time. I have it, a hidden figure. Well, I got I to gotta yeah. respond because yeah. for the first time in hidden figure history, yeah. I've got a hidden figure block. Alan Branch on the opposite side of Alex Mack erases Alex Mack. <laughs> he's the hidden figure. You ain't blocking me. Who would have thought? Uh, two hidden figures going up against what happens, like each other. If someone's already hidden, how do they then get? Are they further hidden by someone else? It, it, so they're just like blown off the out of the ether of uh, the universe. The key here is that when when Alan Branch and maybe Malcolm Brown, they're kind of a, a tag team combination. When they stand their ground, and Alex Mack and Andy Levitre and this running game aren't able to get any push in the middle and don't really protect. Uh, Matt Ryan, as well as you would hope, uh, up the middle either. People are going to think back to Mark's hidden figure and think, oh, Greg, uh, Greg got this right. Because Brown and <laughs> well, Branch, that is absurd. defensive tackle has been a, a long-time weak spot. This is one, one area where I can say this Patriots defense is better than they have been in a while. These two defensive tackles are playing well. That was an absurd well. attack. Right. We cannot get to Dan's hidden figure quick enough. I will close out the <laughs> hidden figure segment, which was very good, Greg, uh, with a name, and I'm trying to think the Patriots, uh, let's assume, because they're, they're such a, a glory train that they put points on the board and win another Super Bowl on Sunday. Who is going to be the surprise uh, player on offense? Because you know... The Falcons have dedicated a lot of time in the last two weeks studying up on Chris Hogan. Obviously, Julian Edelman looking out for Martellus Bennett, uh, you know, Deion Lewis, uh, the the well-worn stat that the Patriots are undefeated when Deion Lewis is activated. But I'm going to throw a hidden figure out there. 
this one's a little saucy. I'm proud of myself. Because he, he, he was very effective, got hurt, came back, didn't really have any role in the AFC Championship game, but I expect Malcolm Mitchell. Oh, okay. I like it. To uh, again be active over Michael Floyd and given two more weeks to rest up that knee injury. Uh, he gets deployed in a way that leads to a, a saucy five mm. for 91 and a touch. Uh, a nice performance from Malcolm Mitchell in, in this game. Good outside receiver. And this, the difference, I think, between these two defenses are the Falcons <sighs> give up more big plays. And Malcolm Mitchell, I think, is a good candidate to get over the top. If they're going to throw it deep, it's going to be to Hogan or Malcolm Mitchell. I could see that. I thought you were going to go with uh, Super Bowl Forty Nine hero Danny Amendola. I thought that's, I, you know, I thought you that's know, where you're going. He hasn't Amendola really done fan. a lot. Well, how is a Super I, Bowl gotta, hero a hidden figure? Well, he's been pretty quiet lately. That's uh, all. The Wes isn't here. Well, that's Wes's corner to pump up Danny Amendola as one of the greats <laughs> of all time. Uh, I'm going. I'm, I'm getting with Malcolm Mitchell in a big spot. All right. Good hidden figures. Let's move on, uh, gentlemen. Before we make our picks, uh, our official Super Bowl 51 picks, which will include the final score uh, uh, and the MVP of the game, and we will not be wrong. Well, some Mm. of us will be wrong. Uh, Let's uh, do some sandwich props. Some Super Bowl. Go get my lunch, you garbage pal. You piece of dung, you nobody. Get my sandwich. So many appealing images for food and to yeah. be eating food with. All right, Mark, you will you will go first. You are not a fan of food, but now that you are swept up in love over Jimmy Garoppolo, you're talking about guacamole, winking at him uh, across the room. Uh, <laughs> yeah, like you, you again, know. that was Nate Solder, but you are right. I've talked <laughs> to multiple Patriots. Well, someone else even asked that question, so I was just essentially did, recording it. You did privately text me after one of the availabilities and said. I know this is going to sound corny, but the temperature in the room changes when Jimmy walks in. I did not. Yeah, that that was, I, you know what? I'm not even going to deny it. I think the listener knows that is absolute garbage. All like, right. He's like, I'm going to stay in my hotel room tonight. And, you know, I just saw Jimmy. and That will be fine. What are you getting at with that one? That will be absolutely fine, Greg. That That's some crude humor. That really was. Greg Rosenthal. That really was. I enjoyed it. I like it. I'll tell you what okay. I was actually doing. Can I can hey, I plug something Hey, this bro humor is taking off. <laughs> McAfee's coming on to our corner. We got to up oh, our yeah. bro game. Let me let me plug some real fast. Was yeah. in, in the room two nights in a row writing a story about the Houston Astrodome. And okay. I went oh, yeah, into, everyone I went should check it out. It, well, I went into it thinking, ah, oh, you know what? Okay, this it's an interesting building. I, I remember watching the Oilers back in the day. But real quick, talk to Jerry Glanville. And Bruce Matthews talking to Jerry Glanville. One of the is a twenty-minute interview. I cannot believe what he told me. The guy is absolutely hilarious. I tried to get as much as I could of it into the article, and the rest I'm going to save for an AFC Central article down the road. But it's on the NFL.com right now. On to sandwiches. Beautiful, nice plug. What Jerry didn't he Glanville? call you, Sailor? He called you something sa- like that. He's like, hey, Sailor. Yeah, it was. He's you know, he's exactly the same guy. He was always think. one of my uh, favorite uh, analysts on Inside the NFL in the yes. old Len Dawson, Nick Monacani days. All right, here we go. Uh, get us going. Uh, if you're not uh, familiar with this game, uh, and by the way, so many, so many um, uh, people. In this area, uh, fans of the show, I've had uh, several people come up to me at, at different bars saying they love the pod. Uh, so thank you to everyone that listens. And yeah, if you see Mark Sessler in the wild, which might be hard to do, but if you see him, let him know you're a big fan. Yeah, and tell him we said hi. All right, tonight's, <laughs> a, tonight's a possibility. I've been hidden away. All right, go ahead, Mark. All right, I told you I like Lady Gaga, so this is Lady Gaga-oriented. 
Here we go. Okay. Lady Gaga will do something during Super Bowl 51 during the Super Bowl 51 halftime show that will immediately qualify as legitimate breaking news beyond the sports world and still be debated and discussed 10 years from now. It won't be a wardrobe malfunction number 1. As I did with the Trent Richardson prop though, I will pay up the sandwiches if the first part, the breaking news part does not happen. It will be shocking and fascinating. Well, who who decides we, we need someone Independent to arbiter. judge this on some our driver because most likely it'll be or obvious wrestling. wrestling can decide it okay but I, I again i think it will make breaking news on other out i think that will be if you see it happening on we're talking does, major news story does this connect to your there will be no final score in the super bowl prediction not directly Okay. <laughs> Not directly, but I do think I do think Mark's that like, she will be. Idea. It's the kind of thing that people will be talking about what she did long after they're talking about this game. All right, I will take you up on that. Yeah, I, I I'm excited about her performance. I think uh, she detailed the the months and months of planning that have gone into building out the show, and she did say it will be a very physically demanding show. Uh, where she'll be up on, I'm guessing that usually translates to she'll be up on wires at some point. Hmm. Uh, now I don't want to see. Then you start to get to a tricky area. Uh, could something bad happen to Lady Gaga? Well, I, uh, that, I mean, what, I how was much, not going there. Like, but, what could happen that would qualify as breaking national news? Well, she could well, make something bad. Breaking news is not the the bar for breaking news is lower than it's ever been it's uh, in, in this country. It is nebulous, but that's why I think we can have an arbiter. But I think it's the kind of it'll be a talk piece, the kind of thing people are talking about still. Here, here's a year, what it could be: if she makes a really bold political statement. Sure, that would probably okay. be. But I didn't get the sense listening to her. You never know, and but uh, well, listening to her today, she, I feel like she she made it clear that she wasn't gonna. She's do gonna that. let her message speak for itself. That's so. Um, does all right. Here's before I do officially take you up on her pass. I'm mm-hmm. taking it. Did Left Shark, for instance, which became a nationally trending story, would that count? I don't think Left Shark was breaking news. I think okay. that was yeah. pop so culture and trendy. If she does something, if she wears an outfit that everyone else starts wearing, I don't think that would be okay. it. I'd I'd all be right. giving you I'll a take sandwich. You up on yeah. It. That, that's a good one, Mark. You hung a little onion there, and I enjoyed it. Well, it's you know what? Without it's sad not to have Wes here, but it's one less sandwich, so I can get bold. That's true. All right, go ahead, <laughs> uh, Greg. You uh, hit us with a sandwich. See, I've got like I've got so many. I know, but you just got to pick a couple, buddy. <laughs> it's called pre-show prep. No, I did. I have three, and I want to do them all. Be a pro, bro. Do them all. Go ahead, Dion Lewis. Good for you. We'll finish the game with. Over 100 yards from scrimmage. Now, you might say, that's not really hanging too much onion. Only done it once this season in many games. Only done it once all season, including It was recently, though, right? Uh, Not that recently. Week 15 against the Broncos. He did score three touchdowns in the playoffs. Only 60 yards that game. Deion Lewis, over 100 Yards, I think he's going to be uh, a big-time factor. He was my bold prediction in uh, on the written written side. You know, it's kind of I've been riding this Deion Lewis train. I think there's a good chance of it happening. I I think it's logical that you know if they if they want to keep the ball out of the hands of the Falcons, that they use the running backs in multiple ways. But you know what? I'll take you for, take you up on it. Why not? I'll take you up. I will also take you up on it. I I thought uh, Wes had a good. Um, take on Tuesday's show, or uh, yeah, I think it was on Tuesday, uh, he believes that the Patriots will attack the Falcons 
uh, by being physical, and I think that means a lot. Legarrette Blunt, which I think, although you're saying total yards, right, from scrimmage, so that yeah. includes receiving I, yards. He I can think, run up the middle too. I think the yeah, Lewis. yeah. Uh, I just I will take you up on that uh, because I think Blunt's going to have a big part of the game plan, which will affect uh, the production from a numbers standpoint. But I think Lewis obviously can have a big impact in this game. Uh, my first one will have. Uh, we'll tie into Deion Lewis as well. Mm. Uh, actually, you know what? I don't want to do that one now because we just did it. I was just for fun. I'll let you know what it was. But De- Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman will have more total yards than Deion Lewis and Legarrette Blunt. Mm. That's uh, interesting. It's not, interesting, but not I don't to get go too far ta- too far off topic. But today, Thursday, Dan Quinn, who was a delight all week, was really stressing. You know, we don't have to worry about anything but being physical. You wouldn't think he would really give things away, but he's talking about offense. He was like, "That's our number one thing. Don't worry about what they're doing. Be physical." And it made me think, like, hmm. we could see a lot of running. Yeah, we could. We'll see about that. Um, I still think we'll see plenty of pigskins being tossed through the air, too, Greg. Hey, these guys, <laughs> two of the best passes of all time. These guys can oh. sling it. All right, here is my first one. The Falcons will score an opening drive touchdown for the ninth straight game. I oh, think it's I, nine. I will take you up on that. You know that. So you think the the Patriots, after two weeks of planning, will find a way to stall the Atlanta attack, which has been... Week after week after week, perfect in their goal on their first drive of the game. I I do. You know the offenses are good when a popular question all week's been about whether they would take the ball if they win the coin toss because both offenses are just so good. That's been a question, you know, as a defensive player, do you mm. like that or not? Or, yeah, Patriots got to try to make a statement defensively, and I think if they win, it'll be by forcing, you know, lots of field goals, and so I, I'm going that they get a field goal. Okay. I think it's a coin toss that they score or not, but I will take you up on it because why it's not? Way to play the Let's game. do it. Mark, you're starting to learn how to play the game. After four years. Uh, all right, Mark, one more round. All right. I'll show you that I'm not really learning how to play the game with this one. Uh, for the first time ever, the Super Bowl will go into overtime. Oh, I like that. I hope it does, but I will take you on that because the odds are in uh, the favor. Right. I mean, like every sandwich bet I produce yeah. is absolutely low odds for me. But it does. It is one of my favorite like statistical oddities of the Super Bowl, which has happen. been going on since 1967, I believe. Uh, 50 straight games without an overtime affair. It's weird. We should. Uh, we should do this. We should make it happen. Overtime. Does this, this tie is into the time there to will do be it. no winner of the game, Mark? Well, Cannon in a tie, so no. Yeah, it really this Not m- everything that I say, <laughs> because there's so much that we have to say, ties into that at Well, this if you point. think about it, this entire episode is problematic for Mark because he predicted <laughs> the, the game won't finish. And yet, so that really changes yeah. almost everything well, he would say. Well, you I was thinking right, downstairs, no what you do. come up with something edgy and daring. It's like, I don't know how to top the prediction that the game will not end or have a result. <laughs> okay. I don't, there's sure. really no way you to set do the that, bar so. too high. Yeah. All right, Greg. Matt Ryan will throw for over 350 yards in a performance that well, I guess we would need an independent <laughs> arbiter up, here. That he's going to impress the world. Doesn't mean he's going to win. <laughs> he goes th- over 350 yards. Matt Ryan yards. impresses the world it's, is your sandwich. It's going to be in a losing effort, you know, spoiler alert, but is but that it part won't of the be bet? because of Matt Ryan. Is that part over of the bet? Over 350 yards. So over 350 effort? yards passing. That's it. I, I, I'm not going to take you on that because I f- completely believe that he will. Mm. Completely. 350 is a lot. 
It's a lot. It's going to I say he won't. He won't reach that number. He could throw for 309 yards, but 50, that's a true carving potentially, which I would love to see. Or or it's them coming from behind and but it's not quite enough. Yeah. Like no, that. He could pile, yep. he could throw for 400 if they ended up just being uh, uh in comeback mode the whole time. All right. Uh here we go. This one is actually a little off in advance. This, uh, the winner of the Super Bowl will not have an official White House visit. <laughs> well, Ooh. that's that's interesting. It's kind of it's tricky because yeah, it won't be decided, I suppose, until you know midway through the offseason. But that's fine. There's no rules. Yeah, this one just got a little. I love it. Um, I'm not gonna. Well, I'll take you up on it be, just for the sake of it, but I think you got to. I think because go with your heart on this uh, one. What do you think? I agree with you that it's very possible that it won't happen, but I. But tradition, uh, I'm going to go with what has been tradition that it will. But I will say that we're at a time where either the team or the White House could could be just as high of a chance to cancel it, and anything like no, that. Donald wants it to happen. Well, it it it's if it's the Patriots, they that absolutely. That's I think if New England if New England wins, they're going to the White House. I that's don't know how I feel. because you got to think about Tom Brady, who has not been a fan of how this is all reflected back to him based on his "Make America Great Again." Well, hat. but there's always players that don't go. Like the players, yeah, but Brady would seemingly be the most likely to go. I think the the. The problem would be if if they get the sense thirty to forty players don't want to go as a sign of unity. Do they just cancel it because it's embarrassing? That's what I'm saying. I, I'll take you up just because. Let's see where we are, but it's a great one. It's a great one. I'm not taking you up on that because I think it's a strange time in our nation's history. I mean, look, we played the clip last show, right, about Arthur Blank and Robert Kraft's. You know, thing with with Trump, Kraft was at a, a fundraising or uh, you know the night of the inauguration or uh, that was for donors. I don't think it's going to happen. I don't think there's any right. White House trip. Hmm. All right, so there you go. There are sandwich props. Um, our, our good friend Nick Fortier, uh, if you would not mind updating the page, go get your lunch dot org, which shows our all time standings season by season. Uh, really in-depth. Also has an Around the NFL soundboard, which is a lot of fun, so check that out. Go get mylunch.org. Okay. We've come to the final. The final countdown of today's podcast. It is time to predict the winner of Super Bowl 51. Um, I will go first. And, uh, yeah, you know, you know me. You know I don't like the Patriots. I, uh... <laughs> I ain't no fan of the Pats. I think they've had more than enough glory. Um, and I'm I'm factoring in all the different things, how great they're playing. What a great team they are on both sides of the ball. The fact that this is Tom Brady's final Super Bowl, and I know that that, uh, there's going to be a lot of, there's a, a creeping sense of dread in that locker room, even if nobody else knows about it yet, that this is it for the Belichick Brady, so they're going to want to go out a winner. Um, but I don't think they do. I don't think they do. Shocking. I don't. I think the Falcons are a special team that is going to finally uh, get the the full recognition they deserve, and I think they're going to do it the same way they've done it all year, which is they are going to railroad teams with that offense. I think they have one of the best offenses of all time, and I think this game will be the the rubber stamp of that. I do not expect uh, them to all of a sudden. Uh, cower in the spotlight, and I don't think the the Patriots, despite having 
uh, statistically the best defense in the league now. Uh, I still, in my heart, don't believe they've been tested, Not certainly not at this level, and I think they're going to crack. Now, I totally believe in Tom Brady and that offense and, and, and their coaching, so I think it's a close mm. game. Took but, 21 weeks. You're back on the Brady train. Uh, but I think a late touchdown by uh, Matt Ryan, touchdown drive, wins it. The streak continues. Uh, the final score, four points or less, 34-30. to 30. The Falcons win Super Bowl 51. Uh, let's give the MVP to Julio Jones, who goes over 180 yards uh, with a couple touchdowns. And uh, that is my prediction. Mm. Come on, Dirty Birds. Do it for America. <laughs> Mark. Well, I talked a little earlier about what could happen with a sandwich. Do it, Dirty Birds. I think they are going to do it. I'm with you, Dan. Wow. By the way. Surprise. I, I didn't Stutter. think that anyone was going to pick the Falcons. I, I'm happy to see. It's not a backstab <laughs> at all. Because I think it's going to be an absolutely fascinating Super Bowl. <laughs> Uh, pick, remember, I picked the Broncos last year. Well, we know no Wes one is else picking did. the Pats, so yeah. We Greg, we ain't in the press box anymore in Arizona. No, we no need split. Yes, he, he's we'll already see. said he's picking. All right, them. so we know that. But I'm going Falcons, and I have this going into overtime. It's yep. going to be tied thirty to thirty, and the Falcons are going to get out of there with a game-winning touchdown. And you're going to have that camera shot on Belichick, and he's just going to be like staring <laughs> with his like his hoodie and his sweatshirt flowing in the wind and everything's going crazy down the field. Matt Ryan is named MVP. I think he crosses the 350-yard barrier. It is not a knock on the Pats. I agree with Dan. I think it's going to be one of the most competitive games we've seen. Forget the defense. Forget the number one defense. It's going to be (laughs) offensive firepower. It's going to be an enjoyable one. Atlanta takes it. They're going to get their second title of all time in pro sports Look at that. on Sunday. I'm supposed to win this game. How come things didn't work out the way I wanted to? Grumble, grumble. <laughs> well, as, as the uh, <laughs> as the confetti is falling, it would if if it worked out that way, Mark, it would be painful, but it would the it would cushion it somewhat that I would know I'd get a sandwich out of it because the <laughs> sure. game will have ended, and this entire prediction is a farce. That's a cushion. Uh, well, no, that no, you had to pick a, a no, winner. Because, you pick the winner. No, as I always do, I find a way that if I'm going to pick a bet, I yeah. find in another medium old, somewhere else to pick old down the bet. Old down the middle Sessler. We should check his <laughs> NFL.com picks. He'd probably pick, oh, can I, I did probably not pick file the Patriots. Any picks to before, yeah, before, Greg, you make your uh, your pick, which I can imagine what it's going to be, <laughs> yeah. um, as much as people knew who I was going to pick. But I will just say that I checked this. 13 of 20... Uh, one NFL media quote-unquote experts, a group that includes uh, both uh, Greg and I on the written piece that's up on NFL.com, pick the Patriots to win. That's pretty uh, close to even. And now I want to I want to let you know that last year, 20 of 22 NFL media quote experts picked uh, the Panthers to win. Inclu- including everyone but uh, Mark. I, I don't know if you were online you were or not. You weren't on there. No, you picked, no, you picked the Panthers also. Online? You- Online, yeah. Oh, well, we make those earlier in the week. And then, you know, here's the <laughs> thing. I, hung, the I, was, no, I just remember you picked the Broncos. I remember exactly what changed. I covered the Broncos all week. And something struck me about the fact that I kept asking, does what happened to you two years ago matter? And they were a completely mm. different team. And I started to buy into the fact that, you know, you can overstudy for these games if you're a, if you're an analyst, too. And that I was like, Manning's going to get his moment. That just came. That just was mm. how I felt. And so, yeah, I, I, did, I probably switched my pick at the end. I, I didn't even file one with NFL.com because I operate on my own clock this time. 
And you're a bad wow. boy. Wow. I also didn't know. I didn't even know clock. about it. So there's that. Your own well. clock, Mark. I didn't even know about it. Let's let's put it there. <laughs> anyway, so my point being that whatever popular opinion is right now, don't assume anything because everyone thought the Panthers were going uh, uh, all the way yep. last year, this time last year. Mm. Okay, Greg, now we need somebody to pick the Patriots. We'd seem weird if nobody did. And you're going to step up and be the hero New England needs. Of course. You you mentioned Julio Jones, by the way, which we haven't even mentioned this show or, or week. And I think he is going to have a monster game. Forget this. They take the best uh, weapon away from you. It's Julio Jones. This guy is one of the greatest receivers we've ever seen. And he is someone throughout the week that I will have a different image of Julio Jones after this week than before. Very likable guy. Very personal. Smart. Seemed to be just ready. And I don't think the Patriots defense is going to really stop them. I think it's going to be an outstanding game. I'm really excited for it. I think it's going to be, like I said, like that Colts-Saints game where there's very few stops. There might be some field goals. Maybe there's one turnover that flips it, but both teams go back and forth because they don't have any pass rush. Everyone always told us the pass rush is like the most necessary thing in the NFL, and yet two teams are in the Super Bowl that really don't have a great pass rush. And I don't think you know Vic Beasley is going to get past Marcus Cannon. I think Kyle Shanahan and Bill Belichick are two of the best coaches on their respective sides of the ball in NFL history, at least the Shanahan family. You know, Bill Belichick once said Mike Shanahan is the best game planner and best guy at adjusting in-game. And that's what I would say about Bill Belichick. They're great at changing on the fly. So it's as great a matchup when the Patriots are on defense as could be possible in terms of the coaches. But I give the Patriots the slight edge because their defense has been better, better in situational football all year. That's why they're number one in scoring defense. The Look number one scoring defense does always take it. out the number one offense in the Super Bowl almost time after time. They prevent the Falcons from scoring touchdowns. They stop field goals. And for the second time in five years, I get the score exactly right on a hero pick on the podcast. Just like 2012 when I had 34 <laughs> to 31 Ravens. I'm going 34 to 31 Patriots. Wow. Yeah. Hello, Larry. One point off Dan's prediction. Wow, Greg. All right, that was good, Greg. <laughs> okay. I mean, you're going to be wrong, but it was good. It was a lot of passion. Good argument. A very good argument. Um, so there you have it. Uh, the old Zeuser has the 34-30 for the Falcons. Mark has 36-30 in overtime for the Falcons. And Greg, 34-31 Patriots. So we're all... <laughs> In the same ballpark and thinking that this will be a high-scoring, uh, a tight, taut battle of two superpowers in the NFL. Uh, so hopefully it ends up that way. And hopefully Gaga performs well and uh, and survives, uh, thus avoiding Mark's prediction uh, for a prop <laughs> and uh, pop sandwich. Hopefully and, the game ends. And That's what I'm the hoping game for. Ends and and uh, hopefully this country heals itself. Uh, all right, now I'm spinning it away a little bit. I'm going to come By back. By Sunday? Yeah, that ain't happening. Next time you hear from us, of course, will be Sunday night, and it will be uh, the only podcast in town, the only game in town uh, that will have a full recap of Super Bowl Fifty One. The night of the game, we will go straight from the stadium where where we cover the game uh, back here to iHeartRadio Studios here in Houston. And thank you again to Sports Talk Seven Ninety AM uh, for helping us uh, with. Uh, giving us a home to record this podcast. So thank you uh, to them. Thank you for everyone for listening. Mark, uh, thank you for hanging around. And now you're off to 
to Jimmy G once more. Off to cover the team that's about to lose the Super Bowl. <laughs> Feels almost unnecessary. I can't believe uh, you turned on them. I I'm love that. That was great. We had a nice moment. You know, you I'm had not them. turning on, on anyone. It, it is all the same. They don't even know I exist. After a while, you just you start to wonder if Mark just likes rooting for the losing team. Oh, I mean, that's pick, the, pick the winning team last year. That, that was like in the NPR category of low, low digs. That there. was worse. NPR well, was We'll a, get back a light to our joke. studio where Greg becomes, you know, a friendlier individual, hopefully, back in Los Angeles. The microphone changes a man. We learned that. Okay. So thank you, everyone. And let's uh, get excited because Super Bowl 51 is coming up next. Oh, football's great. <laughs> this is Dan Hansis signing off for the quiet storm, the boss, the first lady of the Around the NFL podcast, new money behind the glass. Till Super Bowl Sunday. Dan Hans is here again. Interested in scouting? Then email a scouting report describing your favorite NFL player of the 2016 season to move the sticks at NFL.com for your chance to win a year subscription to NFL Game Pass and talk to the Move the Sticks podcast hosts Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. Mentions both of them. Check out NFL.com slash scouting competition for more details. Open until February 17th, 2017. No purchase necessary. Open to legal residents 18 and older of the United States and the District of Columbia. Maron! You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.